So my sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of John. We've been hearing so much of Mark lately. I thought we'd turn to John, who has a wonderful story here that has something to teach us about this idea of what it means to be saints. Um, I don't know about you, but some traditions, uh, very familiar with saints. Anybody from one of those traditions, you're all about the saints? Okay, so you got that. And there are other traditions that say, what in the world is a saint? So I'm going to read to you from um, John's Gospel a story about this relationship between the living and the saints. The 11th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse, 32nd verse. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man have kept this man from dying? When Jesus came greatly disturbed to the tomb, it was a cave and a stone was laying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. Then he said this, he cried out in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Lazarus came out. He joined that crowd of Jews and Christians, followers of Jesus, the whole crowd that was out there, and they became a communion, a communion of the living and the living again, the living and the dead. Lazarus came out and joined them. Just this morning uh, in our service, we called out a name. Lila. I was saying Lila, but I said, Lila, 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 I got Lila. We, cra- we called out her name because we are, the, we are the body of Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We call out the names as Jesus called out the names. So we called out a name, and we believe that when we called out that name, that it's not only traveling the distance of my voice, but when we, when we cry out that name, That name traveled across the span of time 
and space across the span of the threshold of death and mortality and eternity. We spoke that name into eternity. The same way Jesus called out to Lazarus when he was on the other side of that tomb. We're speaking a name that is numbered among the saints. Now, uh, Lila May is baptized. Uh, her name will pl be placed not only on the cradle roll of First United Methodist Church, uh, not only on the preparatory membership of First United Methodist Church, and her name will not only be written on a certificate that her godparents and her parents will have and they get to sign it and have... Now, her name is appearing in all those places, but what we really believe we just did, that we spoke her name as the body of Christ the same way Jesus spoke the name of Lazarus. And in some ways, we said the same thing to her as Jesus said to Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come out. Come out of the darkness. No longer be bound up by all the hurdles that are going to come by in this world. Come out of the darkness and into the light. Come out of that which might bind you with grief and fear and death and injury and trial and suffering, which is a part of this life. And we say, Lila, come out. Do not be bound by that. Unbind him, Jesus said. You see, to live as a child of God is to live as a child whose name has been called and has come out of that that darkness, that sin, that dread, that hurt, whatever you want to call the thing that we suffer from as mortals, we have been called out of that by name. And in faith, we enter into a life of light and love and grace and mercy. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty impressive. Even in a world where we're not so impressed by uh, the ability to, to communicate over long distances. Now, there are probably people in this room who remember what a wild thing it was when you had Morse code that could go all the way around the world and ships at sea could pick it up from, uh, from Pungo, Virginia Beach at the Nor Norfolk Naval. There's a big place down there. I lived down there. It was a big deal. They could send a message and it would go to ships on the Indian Ocean. And we're not really impressed with that anymore in, in the, younger, the younger generations. Boy, that's, we, 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 we're all about satellites and long-distance phone calls that don't cost anything anymore. Yesterday, I got a phone call from my daughter. She's in Peru. She's going to Machu Picchu because that's a spiritual place, right? She wants to communicate. I, I was impressed that she called me from Peru but we can do it in space now. We're not so impressed by that. But I got to tell you, I think the ability to communicate over time and mortality and over the threshold of death is a pretty neat trick. Okay? And it's one that I don't believe technology is going to solve. So we're here today on All Saints Sunday to say, but, you know, faith is the conduit. That allows us to make that kind of communication. We are a people, as Christians, we claim to talk to Jesus. You just did it. You, you just prayed. You, you, we claim to talk to Jesus. We claim to be in communion with the living and the dead. We claim to be instructed, encouraged by those who have gone before. Other people who have heard their name called by Jesus. Who then incurred 
called our name. And so we claim to be in communication and to have been instructed and encouraged and inspired from people who have long since died. And they have affected our lives. And we have come to believe because of their witness. Now, this, was, this is kind of an advanced Christian concept, this idea that, that you have been instructed and encouraged and your faith have been formed by people you don't know but have somehow reached to you from beyond the grave and beyond the centuries and beyond the generations. I grew up in northern Virginia. And we were in a church, in one of these new churches. They built a lot of new churches in the 50s and 60s because of all the population growth in northern Virginia. Well, apparently there was some Methodist district superintendent up there who was enamored with this idea of saints. For a long time, Methodists weren't big into the saints. But then, you know, they, they got a little more educated and got reading the history books. And this one district superintendent, he must have gone to Duke. Uh, <laughs> He said, the saints are great, and I'm a district superintendent, and we're building all these new churches. I'm going to name them after the saints. So I grew up in a church named after the saints, and all the churches in my neighborhood around in northern Virginia, uh, the new ones anyway, one was St. John's, which is the gospel I just read to you. Another was uh, St. Mark. Um, which was the disciple of Jesus who responded in faith. There was uh, St. Paul's United Methodist Church, big St. Paul, which Phil talked about last week, wrote most of the New Testament. That's St. Paul. Uh, St. Luke's was just down the road. Luke was, was, uh, was a gospel writer. He wrote the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. So he's, he's numbered among the saints. I went to St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. Now, Matthew was, uh, was a, one of the disciples. He was a tax collector. He wasn't really well liked. Okay, people did not like Matthew. But he responded. Jesus called his name, and he was numbered among the saints. So I didn't know it at the time, but I grew up. My faith was formed in the communion of the saints. All these saint churches named after saints. I later found out the stories of the saints, but at the time, as I look at it now, my faith was formed in, in that ether, in communion of the saints. And truth be told, as Christians, you are people who have heard Jesus call your name. Um, and there are lots of ways that you have come to heard that, to hear that. But I'll tell you, in the early church, in the first, second, third centuries, the early church Christians, faith was formed um, probably in different ways than yours was. They, their faith was not formed uh, by the knowledge of Holy Scripture, okay? Because they didn't have Scripture, or if they did, they couldn't read Latin. Okay, so people couldn't read, and most of the scripture they had was bits and pieces, so they didn't have knowledge of scripture, which we leave he lean heavily on today, but they didn't have the benefit of that as their faith was formed. They didn't lean so much on uh, liturgy and sacrament, which, which I really lean on today. I just love it. So centuries of tradition passing on this faith, but the early church didn't have that. You know what they had? They had stories of the saints. Tell me about Jesus. Well, there's this Saint Agatha, and she was a martyr, and they mistreated her, and she suffered because she loved Jesus. And oh my goodness, and the Romans and the and 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 they 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 martyred all the Christians, and these people willfully, fearlessly went to their deaths because they aren't afraid of death because they've been called out of the darkness and into the light. That's what a Christian is. And they told these stories of these martyred saints. 
And people came to believe. And they heard Jesus calling their name. And they said, I want, I want to be numbered among the saints. So that's, that's how the early church came to faith. Um, we still, in our modern day, we still you know, have go to some effort to tell the stories of the saints. Not so much about martyrs anymore. But by golly, there's a pub down here on uh, Market Street that's going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Right? Now, you all know about that, right? Green beer, shamrocks, right? We, so we know the story, St. Patrick, and he's, he's an inspiring saint. I don't know how much he's inspired your life of faith, but he certainly gets a lot of parades, right? We have a lot of fun with St. Patrick. Um, maybe, you, maybe you have a, a statue of St. Francis in your garden. Anybody? Anybody got it there? Okay, so... So you've seen these little statuettes in the gardens outside of St. Francis. So he's another one of the saints that we still put a little effort into telling his story, and we are inspired by his life and his faith. So the, whether it's a lot or a little, your lives of faith are affected by the stories of the lives of the saints. So what All Saints Sunday is about is saying, thank you. I'm grateful. Uh, Halloween. I don't know how many of you saw all the ghosts and goblins out on the street. You know that that that's that's all a part of an effort that we go to to remind ourselves that we're still connected to those who that world that we can't see, that world that's that's another world, the unseen world, and we dress up and we some of it's fantasy, some of it's dead people, some of it's witches. You know, it's it's the scary stuff. My my favorite one lately is the zombies. Because the very first zombie was described right here in John's gospel. He came out, he was all dragged up in cloth. He probably, if you want to know what Lazarus looked like, just watch what, Walking Dead. Is that the name? Yeah, whatever. Don't watch Walking Dead. <laughs> <coughs> is my wife here? She loves that show. <laughs> My point is that we still go to effort. We still acknowledge, even subconsciously, that our lives are affected by the faith of those who also heard the call of Jesus when he called their name. But whatever your connection or your beliefs about communion with the Lord, and so I believe that we're here today because in one way or another, you believe that Jesus called your name. And he called you out of darkness and he called you into light. That your name was called by Christ and our spiritual hunger was somehow satisfied by his grace, and we acknowledge that by coming to church, by coming to worship, we receive his invitation to walk into the light at this table when we commune. And he says, join me here. I am here with you in the breaking of this bread and the sharing of this cup. So sainthood, a saint is one who has heard their name and responded. It's not something you earn. Uh, it's bestowed upon you by virtue of the fact that Jesus loves you. The scripture I read said Jesus loved Lazarus. See how he loved him. Couldn't he have saved him? If he can open the eyes of a blind and he loved this guy, why didn't he just save him? Why didn't he just keep him from dying? Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus uh, called his name uh, into the tomb and he came out. Just so he's calling your name today. He's saying, come and join me at this table. He called Lila's name. 
in the body of Christ here today, this morning. And we now number ourselves among the saints with Lazarus and the whole crowd. Now, <clears throat> the only reason that we lift up some saints more than others, and that you may know some saints more than others, is by virtue of the fact that some people have a gift. When they hear that name, they hear their name called, for some reason, they just become this completely open conduit for God's love and God's grace, and they get filled up with Jesus, and it overflows, and it starts spilling out on the world around them, and it starts making a difference everywhere they go, and, they, and, and institutions are built around them because God's love just, they, they have no barriers, and the love pours into them, and then it overflows and pours out into the world, and, and some committee in the Vatican says, you see that person? You want to know who Jesus is? Look at that person, because they are overflowing. That's really my favorite way to evangelize a world of people who are so distracted, so noisy out there in the world, they've not heard Jesus call their name. So maybe they're not going to hear a preacher because it's too noisy. But there's no mistaking somebody who lives their life in the light of Christ in the world, and it's overflowing, and you see it. That is evangelism, and that's really what the world needs to hear and see. Those who have heard Jesus call their name and have responded by meeting him, being unbound by all the sin and darkness in the world, and come and live in the light. So you may be here today, and I believe you're here because you heard Jesus call your name, and he's inviting you to this table. Now you may be here today, and you've never been baptized and all baptism is, it is that outward myst myst mystical sign that Jesus called your name. The church calls your name, and you respond in faith. So as we continue to worship on this All Saints Sunday, we are going to invite you. It is the voice of Christ inviting you not only to communion, but to be a communion of saints. Amen.